This is the Nordic Football Guys Podcast. What is up, everybody? We are the Nordic Football Guys. I am your host, Hayden, and I am joined, as always, by my host, Auntie. Auntie, how you doing, man? More, more. What's up, Hayden? What's going on, dude? Yeah, it's, it's going pretty fine. Nothing to complain about. Busy at work, but, you know, as long as there's work, it's fine. Yeah, I guess it's been a, a busy day for you. We we had initially, uh, maybe we didn't plan to do it right away, but we normally we record right after his work, but Auntie messaged me right before work, and he was like, dude, I just need an hour to uh, unwind, or some time to unwind before we, we start recording. So we're recording a little bit later tonight, but that's good because it's way closer to when we would release the show anyway. So no problems mm-hmm. there. That's right. What What have you been up to? Um, today, not a lot. I've been playing around with a lot of our like new podcasting equipment. So I got some like a, a tripod for our camera. So when we want to start doing video that that's ready. And then I played around with a, a lapel mic if we ever want to do some audio recording somewhere outside where or moving around where we can't do any uh, like sitting in front of a computer. So I was just playing around yeah, with that for a while. That's exciting. I want to also use that equipment sometime for a golf lock. Yeah, yeah so I if take you, you want. with me, and then then we do a golf lock. A golf log. A vlog. Oh, a golf vlog. Yeah, you can do that if you wanna. If you wanna take that and use it a part of the NFG, no problem. That would be cool. Yeah. So I guess you were taking a little bit of a break after work. What did you do before we were recording? Uh, you know, just unwind with some Call of Duty, mm. and then uh, spend some time with my wife. So. Mm. nothing nothing crazy mm. did you play a long time today nah just about an hour mm. that's nice my we had a salmon soup today and that's one of my favorite finish meals and mm, it, it was yeah it was delicious so we finished that about I love th- salmon yeah i actually had it twice i had salmon for lunch and for dinner so i probably shouldn't be eating much more salmon for the next couple of days we had mexican chicken soup oh that sounds good. also yummy yeah it's like uh, you, it's with tortillas and lime, uh, creme fraiche, chicken, uh, some uh, chipotle sauce, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's yummy. That sounds delicious. We'll have to try nice. that one day. One of our favorites. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we have an interesting episode coming for us. Last week, we did the top 10 quarterbacks, and that was a pretty big episode. And today, we are doing our top 10 tight ends so it should be interesting i think our tight ends are pretty much the closest to the uh like general consensus rankings that there are out there right now so they're not going to be so many hot takes but maybe next week when we get to wide receivers and definitely when we get to running backs we have some pretty interesting takes so that's yeah we have one guy in the top 10 that is not generally thought about being a top end tight end but it's our number 10 (laughs) yeah so hang in for that one. But anyway, uh, unless, Auntie, you want to say anything else about your delicious tortilla soup or Call of Duty, maybe we get started. Let's get into it. All right. So I will get it started with our number one tight end. And it is not a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. And that would be Travis Kelsey. Um, is there anything about Travis Kelsey? I know that, so you're the only person in our 
team. So me, Zach, Brad, and you, you're the only person that does not have Travis Kelsey as his number one tight end. You have him at number two. Yeah, well, the top two guys are, again, pretty much the same that we had last week. The top two QBs could be either way. Right. Uh, like, they are very close anyways. Right. Yeah. So, right. so I, I guess that that would mean not to allude to anything. But so is there a reason that maybe you have Travis Kelsey a little bit lower? Some Something that you f- feel a little bit nervous about? Or it just uh, the way the statings fell? Yeah, that's the way the studying that the studying fell. Maybe one of the biggest issues is that uh, the the receiving job in San Francisco at the moment is a little bit more um, iffy mm-hmm. than it is in in Kansas City. Uh, okay. Only own receiver holding out is is Marcus Goodwin in Kansas City. Other other than that, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And and also like guys like Nicole Hartman has developed one more year. So I just believe that Mahomes have some other options besides Kelsey more than this year than last year. But in uh, in San Francisco, Debo Samuel, uh, it, it, it is hurt at least in the beginning of the season, they say. Uh, other than that, they have uh, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Ayuk, and Dante, Dante Pettis. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as uh, like qualified receivers than Kansas City have. Right. So that's the that's the reason I believe that... that uh, Kittle just is edging uh, Kelsey by the smallest margin. Right. I mean, I have literally one point difference between oh. them. So. Okay, so I guess for you, it's like... We are, we are, we are, we are splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey is the type of guy that has been the top guy in the league for a very long time now, the number one tight end year to year to year. So even if you draft him and he does end up as the tight end two, with one point difference, you're still going to be happy you had him on your team. Uh, Travis Kelsey right now, he's uh, everybody is looking at him as the, the obvious uh, tight end one to be drafted. So you, to get Travis Kelsey, that means you're going to have to pay a little bit of a premium for him. I think in a lot of drafts, he's going maybe mid-second round. So instead of maybe getting your first wide receiver, you're kicking it off with Travis Kelsey or even your first running back, depending how you went in the first round. So it could be an interesting year. But Travis Kelsey, if you want him on your team and you want that consistency of 10-plus points a game, maybe even 20 points a game, uh, you're going to have to pay up for him. And a lot of fantasy pros would actually agree that that is a safe bet. Uh, And do you have any qualms with taking Travis Kelsey in the first round? Well, in my first ever fantasy league, I tried that. I was picking at the turn at number 12 spot, and I I, uh, ended up, Drafting Kelsey at the turn uh, decision, I maybe later regretted re- re- a little bit. Um, so, well, that told me the lesson that I may not look into tight ends that early. Right. I'm not saying ever again, but not at least next year or yeah. this year. Maybe if you're on the turn, because the the issue with when you're on the turn is that you have a whole lot of picks before you get to pick again. But let's say you have like an early first or even like a mid first, so like one through six, I would say that drafting Kelsey with your first spot, because then you only have to wait a handful of more picks before you get to pick again. So you're not really missing out on that mid, that upper mid-tier talent if you do go with Kelsey. So maybe you don't want to take him right on the turn, but if you can wait a couple picks, 
and still grab him at the end, mid to the end of the second. He's he's a pretty solid value there. I think obviously we alluded to this a little bit or quite a lot when I asked you the question, but our uh, tight end two, that would be George Kittle. And that is me, Brad, and Zach's tight end two and your tight end one. Yeah, with one point. By one point. So <laughs> Do you have much of a difference there between Kelsey and Kittle? Uh, let me see. Why don't you talk a little about Kelsey or Kittle while while I look that up? Yeah, well, he's going about the same. Well, not the same, but very close to Kelsey. So you also have to pay up for him if you want to uh, get him. And he's proven to be like very in dynasty. He's very very solid player to have in your dynasty team since he's so young. So he hasn't. He doesn't have that many years behind him, but he has shown that he he can get it done, mm. and and then he will get it done very frequently. And he's as consistent as Kelsey is, you could say. So when it comes to scoring fantasy points. Yeah, I I looked it up actually, and for me, I have Travis Kelsey getting, or I have him taking a step down this year, just a little bit, about ten fantasy points less than what he made last year. Uh, but still at my tight end one. But I actually have George Kittle at 176. So that's an almost 20-point difference. So for me, the difference is quite clear there. That's about one fantasy point, a little bit more than one fantasy point per game, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when when you're coming to the top, guys, that's a clear, obvious number one in my opinion. So uh, I, I don't think that I would be looking for, me personally, looking for George Kittle early. But if, if he falls to me maybe in the late third or early fourth, then, then I might pull the trigger on him because still he's the type of guy that's going to give you very, very consistent uh, numbers there. And I really did like what you were saying. Maybe I need to even adjust his stats a little bit. I, he is, they got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, who's not there anymore, who took a lot of the receiving role. Uh, Debo Samuel, definitely going to miss it, or at least it seems like he's going to miss at least a few games this year. And so the receiving core is really up in the air. So at least at the beginning of the season, George Kittle could be some really good value. So I agree. I still think that I would rather have Travis Kelsey just because he has the edge of doing it for so long at the number one spot and he doesn't show like he's slowing down. But George Kittle is definitely some value. Mm -hmm. Good player to have. Unless you want to say more about Kittle, do you, are you interested in moving it on? Yeah. Let's take the number three guy. And this is, uh, the guy we all agree on he's all of in all of our rankings he's the number three guy and um, pretty much all the experts rankings he's the number three guy and that's the mark andrews that we really lit up last year in in the fantasy world and if you stacked him and lamar jackson you pretty much won all the championships there was so yeah uh i don't believe that there's really nothing that's gonna slow him down from last year uh, should be a very solid bet also as said he's you're not gonna get him cheap as you did last year so you have to like pay up this year uh, could be a solid option if you could stack Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews again uh, but then again you would miss a lot of quality picks if you did that since both of them are going uh, quite early so uh, I actually have him doing more yards than he did last year. Uh, I took a touchdowns down a little bit since he had 10 last year. He was one of the 
a few pass catchers that had 10 touchdowns last year. I have him at eight this year, uh, still uh, 190 points. Uh, I have studied him for so like eight points behind the number one guy. So there's a pretty there's a gap there already. Yeah, between those players. Yeah, uh, one bit of Mark Andrews that I would be a little bit hesitant on. It, it, you you had mentioned that you don't see anything that might come in the way that he should be a solid bet. When you're looking to draft Mark Andrews, the issue that I have with him, and I still I, I think he's a, a pretty solid value at the uh, tight end three, uh, is just the amount of like pure receptions that he had versus these other top guys. So, for instance, Travis Kelsey had almost 100 receptions. He had 97. And if, if you look at Mark Andrews, he only had 64 last year. So he did a lot with those receptions, but – for instance, if he maybe can't find the end zone quite as much as he did last year, for instance, I have three of his uh, 10 touchdowns coming off, and I think that's still a little bit generous. Like He easily could finish between that four to six spot. And so you might not be as happy with spending the high draft capital on Mark Andrews as you would have been on the Travis Kelsey or George Kittle type. Uh, I, the, the gap in my rankings between Mark Andrews and George Kittle versus the gap between George Kittle and Travis Kelsey is much smaller. So I th- between Mark Andrews and George Kittle, I only have what looks to be about a six-point differential. But still, just the like pure, just based on last year's stats, Mark Andrews was just very, very effective, almost to the point that he couldn't re- duplicate it again. So yeah, that- I have I have him going up in receptions. I have him made it this year. So that explains a little bit about my statting. Right. No, I mean, clearly our stats are very similar because you have him at three and I have him at three, but I only have, for instance, him getting about 10 more receptions. I have him at 73, so actually only nine. And I have his yards going up about a little over 50 and his touchdowns coming down. So I still have him scoring. I have him scoring about eight points less than last year, but still it's going to be a good year for Mark Andrews. Just you have to weigh uh, the what you're giving up for Mark Andrews, if you, if you know what I mean, because you might be giving mm-hmm. up your wide receiver two or your running back two, or it, depending how you went in the first couple of rounds, it might even be your wide receiver one. If you decided to go back to back wide receiver or uh, running back. So just, you kind of have to let the draft come to you. For instance, if you had uh, if you feel really strong with your first running back and your first wide receiver, then Mark Andrews might be a good pick. Also, it depends a lot about your league format. So if you have a three wide receiver league, I know that Auntie and I were in a couple of those, uh, you might want to consider maybe adding a little bit more depth to your wide receivers in those early rounds before you're looking to uh, take Mark Andrews. But I, I honestly, I can't fault anybody that would want to take Mark Andrews in those early rounds. Uh, this is about where he's going yeah, Mark Andrews is the consensus three across the board, not only with us, but with all the fantasy pros. So if you do take him there, there's not there's not a lot of negative things I can say about that. I just wanted to say some negative things, not to think that he was like 100% safe, safe bet. Fair enough. Number yeah. four? Yeah, so number four, we have Zach Ertz. And again, this is another guy that is we are all very, very close on. You, me, and Brad, we are... We have him ranked as our four, and our guy Zach has him at five, so very close again. 
Zach Ertz is another one of those um, what feels like a lock pick. And he he's a big-name player. He's one of those guys that um, has done it a lot in, in the past, and we think that he can do it again. I, I'm a believer. I have him statted out. I actually have a, a very close – him and Mark Andrews very, very close. I only have them about three-point difference. And I have Zach Ertz actually getting about 10 more receptions but I have his touchdowns a lot lower. So this is one of those guys that, depending how you see his touchdowns, if you see his touchdowns going up a little bit more than Mark Andrews, I could even see Zach Ertz as a little bit more of a value. Uh, I have some negative things, too, to say about Zach Ertz, but I want to get your opinion on him before I say those. Yeah, I mean, somehow last year it seemed that, it seemed that he didn't get anything done, and he was kind of a disappointment. But when you look at his last year's stats, he still had like almost 90 receptions, almost 1,000 yards, like 916 yards and six touchdowns. So he got it done also last year. I mean, it was 11.4 points a game. And somehow it felt like a disappointment. Maybe he didn't perform that well in the beginning of the season. Uh, one thing could be that last year Eagles wide receiving core was pretty much hurt the whole time. So I don't know if that skewed his stats from last year. Uh, but this year, things could be different. Uh, I have him still studied like a solid pick. But that, that's, if you want to look at something to be careful about, that could be one thing that Eagles wide receiving core is much more healthy than it was last year. Right. Uh, one negative thing about Zach Ertz that maybe I would shy away from and this is kind of the reason that I have not taken Ertz in any of my mock drafts to this point. And that would just be the presence of the tight end Dallas Goddard. So a lot of people are saying That's that. A good point. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that Dallas Goddard got the work that he got last year, primarily just because of the lack of wide receiving depth that the Eagles really had to deal with last year. And to me, I say, while yes, that's true, I do think he took a he got a big step up last year based on that. The fact that they saw that he could do it, he was averaging about the same amount of yards. Uh, he had very similar touchdowns. The stat lines, apart from the yards and receptions, were nearly identical. And I think that now that they see that Dallas Goddard can do it, that they will continue to try to feed it to him, do those two tight end sets that they were doing so much last year. And that with the presence of the new wide receivers, rather than the, the stats coming out of Dallas Goddard's numbers, I easily could see those coming out of Zach Ertz's numbers because Dallas Goddard is still there. So I have Dallas Goddard taking a little bit of a step down. He's not in our top 10, so I'll talk a little about, about him. I have him nearly 600 yards and four touchdowns, and he's one of the big reasons actually that Zach Ertz, I have him taking almost a 10-point step down again. On the, on the year last year. I have him getting about 10 less receptions and a couple less touchdowns. So Zach Ertz, while feels like a very safe bet, maybe you want to start looking at newer guys, uh, for instance, like who we've gone over before with, sorry, Mark Andrews, or maybe the next guy we're going to bring up. And I think that I will let you introduce the next guy because this is a guy I know that you have some feelings towards. Yeah, I, I still like to uh, touch your point about yeah, Dallas sure. Goddard. I'm, I have uh, Dallas Goddard ranked at 
tight end 18. So it's a very valid point that can one team sustain two top 20 tight ends uh, in the team. So a very, very great point you brought up. That's for sure one thing that maybe maybe you want to stay, like steer, steer clear from uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, because uh, drafts. yeah, because Zach Ertz is still not cheap and by any means in these drafts. He's going as the tight end four, and that means that you're paying a top uh, round round six, probably five or six premium for him. So you're giving up a lot of things to get him, and he's no by no means a safe pick. Yeah, you can you like giving up for his as a quality quarterback. Yeah, a quality quarterback or a wide receiver two or or a running back three. And that's some key depth pieces that you might feel that you missed out on later. So just something to look into. But the next guy, if do you want to introduce him or shall I? Yeah, uh, next guy on our list is, again, a new guy uh, called Darren Waller. So pretty much, uh, well, almost all of us (laughs) feel the same way. Uh, we all know that Zach is lower on, lower on him, uh, with some valid points, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the us others, we feel quite different. Uh, uh, they brought up some new in uh, in Las Vegas now nowadays. They brought up some new uh, receiving depth, but still, I don't see any quality there that much. Uh, two two rookies that they drafted. Uh, we all know wide receiving, wide receiving rookies, uh, the impact that they have at least like first half of the season, especially this year, things might be difficult for them. Uh, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, uh, I'm not feeling them that much. So I still believe that Darren Wallow is going to be targeted a lot in that team. Uh, Jason Whedon, uh, the uh, veteran. Uh, tight end, I don't see any threat uh, from his side. Uh, they pretty much only had Darren Waller in tight end department. And of course, he needs some uh, backup to share some of the snaps because he can't be in the field the whole time. So I have him still at 85 receptions, uh, 950 yards, seven touchdowns, which brings him as my number five tight end in my rankings as is our consensus. Yeah, I have him at number five as well. You actually have his touchdowns going up quite a lot this year, which I don't hate, especially when he's getting, what did you say, 900-something yards? 950 yards. Last year he had uh, over 1,100 yards, so I have him going down quite a bit. Right. Uh, but, but with that amount of yardage, you expect the touchdowns to go up at yeah, least a little bit. When you look at Mark Andrews with 10 touchdowns. Yeah. He had less yards than uh, Darren Waller had last year, and he had three. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's the like the uh, when Mark Andrews had the peak of the variance, I believe Darren Waller had the low bottom of the variance chart. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I I kind of agree with you here. I, I have Darren Waller. I have while well, I have him with less receptions, I dropped him right around eighty to eighty-one. I do have his yardage staying up quite high, so I have him still over 1,000 yards. The only difference between you and I is I really didn't increase his touchdowns that much. Um, maybe I should go back through this again and update it, but I'm still kind of happy with where he ranked. I don't know if I would – I'm having an issue here in my mind right now thinking if I had to take one between Zach Ertz and Darren Waller, 
which one would I want to take because they're going around the same point in the draft. Um, we're having uh, Darren Waller is the consensus five. Zach Ertz is the consensus four. Um, I, th- I think still personally Darren Waller might be a, a step down from Zach Ertz just because he only has one year of doing it. And I do think that he's very, very talented. I'm just a little bit afraid that last year could have been a fluke year. So while I have him ranked quite high within my rankings, I think that this tier particularly, the Darren Wallers and like three or four guys below him are guys that I'm kind of steering clear of in drafts because the risk to me is not worth the reward of taking them that high. Uh, I know that you probably in that situation, I know you have Zach Ertz higher, but if you could take Darren Waller, do you think a little bit later in drafts, do you think you would rather have him there? Well, of course, it only, only depends how drafts go. Right. But uh, for sure, I wouldn't be unhappy with Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. And and I know my rankings are Zach Ertz at number four and Darren Waller at number five, but it's all about the value as well. I right. I might value Darren Waller more at his ADP than I value Zach Ertz at he's ADP. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and, it, uh, it, it's a tough situation. I, I think that when we get to these next few guys, actually a couple of guys down is one guy I'm pretty high on, but according to, we have him ranked quite high and it's probably due to my ranking. But I think that the next guys, according to like regular ADP across the board are guys that I am steering clear of. And if you would like, I can introduce the next one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So the next guy on our list is a guy that I think we actually vary a little bit more on across as a team, at least. And that would be Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry, we have one spot higher than actually most people actually in now two spots higher. So he's the consensus eight for uh, like on fantasy pros, but we have him at six. I have Hunter Henry ranked at six. You have him at six, Zach at 10 and Brad or Brad, Zach at seven and Brad at 10. So I think across the board, we feel pretty good about Hunter Henry. Do you have anything about Hunter Henry that you're? Yeah, I mean, in my eyes, he's their wide receiver three in that mm-hmm. team. There's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then that's that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I know there's some guys in the roster, but they are like guys that are insignificant in the receiving core. And I think their uh, quarterback situation is quite shaky. Right, uh, like a roadster and a rookie, but still, there's yards to be thrown, touchdowns to be thrown, and I I firmly believe that Hunter Henry will get his share. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I have a clear gap between my number five and my number six guy, so this is kind of like the uh, tear breaker for me. Pretty much, yeah. I had like. Then first three guys in their own tier, number four and number five at their own tier, and then even clearer, clearer uh, difference between number five and number six. Right. Yeah. To me, I have Hunter Henry kind of in between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, like for the team in terms of uh, yards, receptions. But I do have Hunter Henry as their clear red zone threat, which is, is kind of what he's has been. Uh, he only got to play 12 games last year, so we didn't see him really that much on the field, especially during fantasy season that you kind of miss out on him unless you were lucky enough to have him in the playoffs. 
So uh, Hunter Henry, I have him going with 71 yards, just under 900 yards, 71 receptions, just under 900 yards at 899 and six touchdowns. So again, like I said, these are the kind of guys that you're paying still a lot. He, I think that Hunter Henry right now is going definitely in the top eight rounds. And he's a guy that you're paying, you're still paying a lot for. There are a lot of guys around that ADP that you could get at wide receiver or even running back. Like that's the last of the good running backs that you could feel comfortable starting on a week to week basis. And do I feel comfortable taking Hunter Henry that has so many question marks on a bad team that has an injury history? If he's on the field, he should be good, but can he stay on the field? And there's all the question marks with the quarterbacks. I don't know if he's somebody that I'm willing to take at his current ADP. And it yeah, would be silence are a volatile position, so there's always injury risks. Yeah. They're running the tight slots and they're getting hit a lot. And they're, they're doing a lot of blocking. blocking. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's an issue between uh, like between all the board. Yeah, and that's one of the issues. That's one of the reasons that I feel maybe taking a tight end early, unless you're taking the top guy on the year. Then maybe I, I'm a firm believer in waiting on the tight ends. I'm also a firm believer in waiting on the quarterback. So maybe that's why I've been so down on a lot of these guys until we get closer to the end. Uh, but Hunter Henry, yeah, he's there. I'm not going to be looking his way this year just based on current ADP. If people start, everybody else starts to believe the same way I believe and waiting on tight ends, then I'm, of course I'll adapt to that situation. If, if Hunter Henry somehow drops to the 10th round, I think that that's absolute madness and that would be an amazing place to grab him but i just don't see it happening and i don't feel comfortable touching a tight end until around then because there's so many good late round tight ends this year just like i said last week with the quarterbacks mm -hmm. well the next guy could be someone you could be looking for at least right yeah and this is exactly the guy that i was talking about in the future um this is the guy that I have ranked. Actually, I can't believe Brad has him higher than me. But you're a little bit lower. Zach's a little bit lower. But I have him at seven. Brad has him at six. You have him at 13. And Zach has him at 10. But why don't you introduce him? Because he's three spots higher than he should be according to regular ADP. Yeah, this might be the guy we have the biggest difference on. Yeah. Um, in, in our uh, rankings, at least in top 10 rankings. So, yeah, it's Jared Cook from uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, one of the key reasons maybe that I have him lower is I took his touchdowns down quite a lot. He had nine last year. I have him at six this year. Mm -hmm. uh, still, I have him at more receptions and yardage than he did last year. But those touchdowns I took down and then those touchdowns are valuable. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. full 18, that's full 18 points I took away from him. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, also, they added Emmanuel Sanders, so there's a clear wide receiver two now in that team. And and then I had to give some touchdowns to him. So, right, yeah, I mean that's a really fair point. The only reason I actually have this team as a whole, uh, sort of taking a step back, but I do, for instance, have Jared Cooks taking a little bit more yardage. I have his touchdowns coming down. And while I do have Emmanuel Sanders taking a lot, even though I have this team taking a step back, it's New Orleans, it's Drew Brees. That means there's going to be 
more touchdowns to go around than I knew where to place. So to take down Jared Cook's touchdowns, I took him down a little bit. I took him down to eight from nine. I put his yards up about 80, so quite a lot, and almost 10 more receptions. So I have him sitting at around 152 fantasy points, which is a lot for an older tight end, but last year he was so effective with the work that he had. He had over 10 fantasy points per game, and he was a really late guy, one of those guys that you got for very good value. And he's been, when he's been with New Orleans, he's been that consistent guy year after year. So he's a guy that I don't personally hate to take. You can take him very late in the draft. He's almost free right now. He's going as the tight end, let's see, well, right now he's going as the tight end nine, so he's up a little bit more than he was when we were going through our rankings before, but still, for the value, he's almost free. You're getting him late in the draft, so if you're in a 10-man league, that would be the last of the tight end ones, so still really good value. Most people should have touched their tight end before you even have to worry about it, so you can watch a couple of tight end runs go in the draft and maybe around Round 12, you can start to look his way, and he should definitely be sitting there. So he's a guy that if he was sitting on my team, I would be happy. All right, unless you have anything to say, maybe I'll move it on. Go ahead. All right, so the next guy that we have in our rankings is uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is our tight end eight. And actually, this is another one that we have a very big consistency difference in. I have him as my tight end 12. You have him at seven. Zach and Brad both at nine. So that shows that I am much lower on Evan Ingram than a lot of people are. And I think one of the main reasons that I'm way out on Evan Ingram this year is the same reasons that I'm way out on Tyler Higby, or I mean Hunter Henry and Darren Waller. And it's the fact his draft capital is so high and he is considered very injury prone. He missed a lot of games last year. He hurt a lot of fantasy teams, and I was one of those teams, and I think that maybe I'm a little bit biased towards him. And I really liked him. I was happy where I took him last year. I had him like fifth or sixth round, and it came to bite me. So I'm not looking to touch him anywhere near round where he's going right now. I know that you're much higher on him, so I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I actually have his fantasy points per game going down quite a lot. He had 10.9 average last year. I have him at under nine this year but the thing is that i see him seeing more the field so receptions going up yard is going up touchdowns going up so that's pretty much it still the fantasy points per game going down yeah so for instance last year he missed eight games which if you drafted him in fantasy you are not happy with that and a lot most of those games came kind of in the middle of the season when you needed him most yeah, if so, you miss half, half of the season, of course, you're not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was a pretty decent injury, and it's one of those things that I, if, if anything happens to him again, I don't want him, and I'm avoiding tight ends at that level. So I don't really have much more to say about Evan Ingram unless you want to add something. You are free to take the next guy. All right, uh, so let's go ahead. Our next guy in the list is... Uh, Tyler Higby at number nine. Uh, so Zach is, again, way lower on him than we are as a group. Uh, we both have him, him as a number eight as our consensus. Uh, sorry, one, one spot lower than... We are one spot higher on him than he is in our consensus, but uh, Brad has it at seven. 
and and as said sag at 14 uh so maybe us three believe in that great rest of the season he had last year and see him like continuing the same way and Zach not so much but you know he showed his talent he's the clear number one side in in that team now uh Brandon Cooks is gone I know they drafted uh a rookie wide receiver but I'm not gonna repeat myself about rookie wide receivers so um could be a value pick at some point Tight end number eight is going already in the later rounds. So if you want to wait uh, and you have a decent depth in your team, I wouldn't be, or I wouldn't shy away from Tyler Higby at that point. Yeah, I, I agree here. Tyler Higby, at least according to the ADP, he is a little bit more of a steal, not quite as much as Jared Cook before, but still you're getting to the later rounds. He might fall to you to round 10. And if that's the case, then I would definitely be looking his way. I have his stats coming up a little bit because he did miss a game. But I also, like you said, he kind of showed that he is the tight end one on that team. There is a, I do fear a little bit, though, for Gerald Everett. That is the tight end two on this team that could easily come through and steal a lot of his work. So I just want to read off. Uh, Tyler Higby's stats last year. Tyler Higby was had 69 receptions and 734 yards and three touchdowns. Gerald Everett had 37 receptions, 408 yards and two touchdowns. So the difference there is quite big. But the the shocking number, which I didn't read off before, is Gerald Everett had 60 targets and Tyler Higby only had 90. So he's still being targeted quite a lot he's just not catching the ball the same so if that can change if that Gerald... was in the beginning of the season though right Gerald ever uh, started the season as their tight end one and that early part of the season he got most of those targets maybe the reason that Tyler Higby became the number one is that he didn't catch the ball so right but my, my point is that Gerald Everett is technically still there and if you're taking uh Tyler Jared, yeah, Jared Everett is still there. And if you're taking Tyler Higby, that there's going to be that ever-looming presence of Gerald Everett behind him that could come in at any moment to take his work. So the good thing about Tyler Higby is that you're not taking him as early as a lot of these other guys. And I feel like the question mark between him and, for instance, let's see who's somebody that's going much higher, like uh, Darren Waller, I feel like the question mark's about the same and the ceiling is about the same. So he's the type of guy that I would be happy to have on my team for his value. I just wanted to say that there is still the presence of the other tight end there and something that you should worry a little bit about, Gerald Everett. Maybe not a ton, but he's still around. He didn't go anywhere. That, 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 I guess that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. One thing. Yeah. All right. So that was our what – what do we just do? Tyler Higby? Yeah, number nine. So we have yeah, the number, number nine. Left. So our number ten is our big point up this. Oops, our big player up this year. Somebody that most people would not expect in a top ten, and that would be Mike Gesicki. And Mike Gesicki, we have a huge uh, differential for, and I kind of wish we had Zach here to talk about. Yeah, me it. too. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's okay. Maybe we'll get him to tweet out a statement later. That might be a good good idea but we have Mike Gesicki I have him at 10 so that's about where we have him in the in the 
in, in the rankings. In fact, that is where we have him in the rankings. You have him at 15, so you're a little cooler on him, and Brad's at 14, Zach at four. So why don't you start with the negatives of Mike Kosicki, and then I'll kick in with the positive. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I still have him going up from last year. It's just not enough to make my top 10. Right. No, not even close. So I gave him decent stats. Uh, the only thing I took down uh, with one was his touchdowns. He had five last year. I have him at four, four this year. Uh, so I, I don't really have that much to say. It's maybe more about the other guys that I had before him right. than he. Right. Well, actually, Mike Kosicki on my rankings, I actually had him much lower until a few days ago. But actually, the main reason that I have Mike Kosicki where he is is really just the holdouts of the two, uh, what was it, Albert Wilson and I think Alan Hearns. Yeah. Yeah, those two wide receivers that held out. And those targets are going to have to go somewhere. And where better to send them to than their emerging, maybe not star tight end because he, he hasn't really shown that he's a star but he is a really big potential breakout candidate that could uh, take those yards and do something with it, maybe even a couple of touchdowns. So if the holdout of those guys, if he can even get like 200 more yards and two more touchdowns, that would be a huge bump up for Mike Kosicki. That's about yeah, I right. have a bunch of those yards going to Matt Parade as well. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense too. But the reason that I put them on Mike Kosicki and maybe a little bit of Matt Breda because I did do that, it's just because of the value that you're drafting Mike Kosicki at. If you're in a 12-team league, Mike Kosicki is not, still not even being drafted. So basically, you can wait for Mike Kosicki until the end of your draft. If you really don't care about the tight end position until the end, you think that you, got, you can find a diamond in the rough, Mike Kosicki is that diamond in the rough, potentially. And of course, there are a lot of late tight ends that I, I would maybe look for as well. Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst. Even Rob Gronkowski's back, TJ Hawkinson. But I think out of all of that list, I think that Mike Kosicki has the clearest path to success, let's say. And if you can get him at the end of your draft, you're happy. Especially even in a 12-team league, I have him at, at 10. So, Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is that sleeper pick for me Yeah, that I'm, I'm counting on. I have him higher than I have Mike Kosicki. So... Yeah, I think we both believe in that same strategy that maybe you want to wait on tight ends. Right. Uh, if you have a tight end premium league, then that's maybe a different thing, but those are kind of rare. Yeah, we are in one, in fact. Yeah, and in that, I have Jared Cook, and I'm happy with it. Another and we one have Darren the- Waller. <laughs> yeah, another one of those value picks for me. But, um, yeah, anyway. Safe to say it's a dynasty as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in your situation, that, that's a little bit better because at least you'll have Darren Waller for a while. Yeah. But uh, let me go back through and read off our top 10. So we have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, and Mike Gesicki. Uh, some honorable, honorable mentions, Noah Fant and Hayden Hurst didn't quite make it. A lot of people are high on Hayden Hurst this year. And that has really affected his ADP. So uh, in a lot of leagues, he's going before the top 10. So before maybe a couple of months ago, I would have said that he was one of those sleeper pick tight ends that has great potential upside. 
but maybe this year his value might be a little high to be within a top 10, at least in my opinion. Yeah. No offense. And uh, Hayden Hurst still makes out top uh, tight end one category. So yeah. So if, good, if, good honorable mentions there. Yeah. So if there are anybody that you think we left off or you thought that the order was wrong, we'd really love to hear what you guys think. You can let us know at our Twitter at NFG pod. Uh, we'll ha- happily see what you have to say. We'll even respond to it. So we're really happy about that. Uh, Antti, anything you want to say before we close it up? No, just look for the next week's episode. Uh, do you want to reveal the next position we are going to go through? Yeah, well, before I do that, uh, one thing about that I, I was seeing if you would say, our rankings are now up on the website. So it's Friday. We should see our rankings. Everybody should be happy about that. You can see all of our consensus rankings there. Uh, so it's a little bit of an illusion. You can see what we're going to talk about before we talk about it. Kind of exciting there. Uh, oh, you queued me up and I missed the ball. Yeah, well, it's okay. No problem. That's what I'm here for as the key host. Anyway, key host. Yeah, anyway, I think next week we will be going over wide receivers and saving the big mama of running backs for the end. So. All right. If Should you are the a- key host, I'm the ring barrier. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Next week, really going to be an interesting week because we have a lot of discrepancies compared to the uh, fantasy pros ranking. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, look at and more of those hot takes. More of those hot takes at eight and at ten. So kind of yeah. excited for that. So anyway, yeah, since I- the top ten is the people we are high on, and not so much people we are low on. So, but we yeah. point those guys out as well that we are. Maybe lower than other people. Right. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Moro, moro, mita poro. That's Finnish and it means what's up reindeer in short. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode or all of our previous episodes. We hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. That is the most important thing. Go and listen to us in Spotify, in Apple Pod and all the other major podcast platforms. And if you have any questions or you'd like to get a hold of us, you can reach us at NFG Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We Kitos. hope to see you there. Moro, moro.